inside game just yesterday It's made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined Hello out there, welcome to another episode of Things I Learned While Learning Other Things. This is an attempt by me, Joe Morahan, and my brother J.S. to provide you with a series of interesting, informative, educational, and we hope enjoyable stories that will help you navigate through those high seas of life. Today we introduce The War of Jenkins' Ear, Part 2. What we hope will be a seven or eight part series. And we we return to the setting of the stage for the war to be known uh, to history as the War of Jenkins' Ear by stating that England at war. You know, they, they most closely resemble a creature that does not exist, a mosquito with a sting as deadly as that of the most venomous of snakes, the king cobra. You know, the species most likely that was relied upon by the Egyptian queen Cleopatra, the last of the Ptolemies, lover of both Julius Caesar and Mark Anthony, when she so dramatically committed suicide in 30 BC after the loss by her lover Mark Anthony uh, at the naval battle of Actium in 31 BC to Octavian. And, And this battle is still deemed... Uh, by those in the know, as one of the most decisive naval battles in all of recorded history. In any event, in terms of lethality, England at war, the Brits, are are somehow the equivalent of the rabies virus, 25 million times smaller than Mount Everest, but like Mount Everest, nearly inconquerable. But should the rabies and virus... The virus infect you, in the end, you're almost always dead. Talk about nasty. I mean, the Brits have survived Hitler. They have fought off the French, defeated the Spanish, the Dutch. The British ruled India for nearly 200 years. An island nation with only 8 million people ruled a nation of 412 million people for nearly 200 years. Two centuries of rule. Even Adolf Hitler marveled at the Brits' ability to dominate the globe. He spoke of England with awe. I mean, that's not necessarily a good thing coming from Hitler, but still, the, the British, they had burnt Joan of Arc at the stake. They produced Henry V. You know, um, he of the outnumbered, we few, we marry few. That guy who led Britain's defeat of the far superior number and far more heavily armored French forces, destroying, completely destroying the French knights in armor, in the rain, and in the mud at Agincourt. The Britain has survived the loss of almost all its empire. You know, at its imperial Peak in 1900, the Victorian Empire of England ruled 24% of the world's landmass, 23% of the world population, while controlling the high seas and 40% of world GDP. I mean, that, that is 
That is amazing. And 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 they dom they dominated the world's opium trade, especially in China. And they did so to a greater extent than Pablo Escobar later ever dominated the cocaine business or Mexican drug lord El Chapo and his cartel might ever have dreamt of monopolizing the illegal drug markets in the USA. So anyway, back to the war of Jenkins here. Let's just agree up front that the war of Jenkins ear, the, the, the war known to history as the war of Jenkins ear was never as important as, say, the evacuation of Dunkirk. It was nowhere near as colorful as, as say, the conflict that had occurred when the, when the Brits clashed with the Mahdi's dervishes in the desert outside Khartoum you know, in the Sudan, in 1898. That battle, known to history as the Battle of Andaman, featured the charge of the 21st Lancers, the last full-scale cavalry charge in British military history. British forces under Field Marshal Lord Kitchener, one of whose troopers included a young Winston Churchill, aided by the Maxim machine gun mowed down 25,000 dervishes of the Mahdi in less than a couple of hours. You know, armed principally with daggers, the dervishes attacked en masse, you know, a full-on frontal assault on foot and camel, squarely, squarely into an impenetrable wall of machine gun fire. You know, the slaughter at Omdurman was far more deadly than was the senseless, you know, the senseless losses suffered by um, Pickett's ridiculous infantry charge on the final day of the Battle of Gettysburg in the American Civil War in 1863. It really was. It, it, was, it's, it was orders of magnitude more lethal than the losses endured by the Brits themselves in the famous you know, infamous Charge of the Light Brigade, a military action that was undertaken by British forces, you know, the Light Cavalry against Russian forces during the Battle of Balaclava in the Crimean War in October of 1854. And so, so artfully described by Alfred Lord Tennyson in poem. No, the Mahdi's forces, they stood no chance against the Brits. 12,000 men, 12,000 men were dead within mere minutes. And now one of the British enemy's um, forces got closer than 50 meters from British positions in the trenches. <laughs> the Mahdi's forces were just slaughtered. You know, laying down his, um, his, uh, his field spyglass, you know, British uh, commander Lord Kitchener, after the battle, turned and he, he remarked to his aide-de-camp, I believe we have given the enemy a thorough dusting. Well, yes, yes, they certainly had. You know, then, then I should point out that post-slaughter, digging up the Mahdi's grave and cutting off his skeletal head, his skull, and displaying it in retaliation to the dervishes, having beheaded British General uh, Charles Chinese Gordon in Khartoum 13 years previously. I mean, this, this appears, at least to me, to be a bit of overkill, don't you think? Don't you think? 
a bit over the top, overly dramatic theater. But but there you go. The Brits, they don't forget an insult. Nor, nor was the war of Jenkins' ear as memorable as were the Zulu wars, where at the Battle of Islandawanda um, in January of 1879, in the first major encounter between the British Empire and the Zulu Kingdom, a Zulu force of 20,000 incensed warriors, 20,000, in, in, in response to uh, an English invasion of their land, attacked the main column of British forces that numbered only 1,800 troops and 350 civilians. This does not look good. No, the Zulus equipped mainly with the traditional assegais, you know, iron spears and cowhide shields and a small number of muskets and antiquated rifles. They were not shy. They were pissed off, attacking in full, um, you know, most colorful regalia and screaming their frightening war whoops. They made it count. They overwhelmed the Brits, cutting them to pieces, sh you know, shredding them, literally, killing 1,300 of the British invaders who were armed with far superior rifles, two cannons, and a rocket battery. But, you know, it, it, it merely prolonged the inevitable. And the, the Zulu's vast um, disadvantage in weaponry was more than compensated by its far greater advantage in sheer numbers of fighters and in their ferocity. This was a take-no-prisoners operation. One, you know, one, one of those nobody-gets-out-alive moments for the unfortunate British. The, the Zulu's, in, in military terms, defeated the Brits that day in detail. You know, it was it was Napoleon, um, Napoleon who 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 coined the terms "spirit is to material as four is to one." Well, let's let's assume that's true. That may well be true, and and definitely um, is something worth remembering as twenty thousand plus fearsome. Warriors armed with very sharp knives and pointy spears outnumbering you 18 to 1 bear down on you relentlessly with one single intention to kill you, slice you to bits. But the Brits' um, full knowledge of Zulu intention and with uh, adrenaline pumping through their veins that matched only in intensity by the fear that had to overwhelm them. They knew they were fighting for their very lives. I'm sure they had the spirit. But in a situation in, in, in which the best, the best the British forces might hope for was to receive a fatal wound upon first strike, making all, all the slicing and dicing that was sure to follow, that it would be done to them after they had, they had reached that state of satori that Buddhists find so blissful. But no surprise, the Battle of Islamwanda proved a decisive victory for the Zulus. As I stated earlier, the, the Brits may go down, but they are never and easy out. They're, you know, they're like Freddy Krueger or 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, that scumbag. The you know the Brits would be back to win the war with the Zulu nation soon enough. So 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 let's stop here before returning to the War of Jenkins' Ear. We're just getting started. Spain and England really didn't like each other, and even the Pope would get involved. Always the Pope, jeez. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll be back. I'm lost in a drift on the high seas.